You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. Welcome, Thunder Faithful, to Thunder Talk, and thank you for spending your quarantine with us. In issue 21, we get you up to speed on COVID-19 while trying to keep a smile. Wasteland co-founder and fashion mogul Carl Barshinsky shows us how to look good after the apocalypse. Davey Adams, aka The Good Doctor, has the cure for what ails you with a track off his new album. Beth and Kavika break it down to the bottom of the electronic boogaloo barrel while Mark joins Dan and I to finally talk about what interests me, nerd junk. All that plus WTLK, The Thunder, and we premiere our new commercial. Finally, we'd like to send our love and support to Robert Young and everyone responsible for hosting SE Comic Con. Per the governor's and federal government's health and safety guidelines in light of the ongoing pandemic, South Carolina's premier comic convention has been rescheduled for July 18th and 19th, 2020. All pre-order tickets for the event will remain valid for the amended dates. Visit sccomiccon.com for further details, and please stay smart and stay healthy. Lightning lad, roll the thunder. Thunder talk. Hey, and hi, and welcome and stuff. It's issue 21. Are we old enough to drink yet? I, I think we are. Party. I am <laughs> actually drinking right now. Yeah, I am too. Uh, my allergies have been really bad, and I was hoping that some whiskey would help my sinus situation. So if I sound super weird, it's because my face is exploding. <laughs> a visual for you. Yeah. I, I think that that's going to be the next uh, homeopathic cure, though, is whiskey for allergies. Yeah. I wonder if that would work on the corona. I mean, that would be f***ing awesome if it would. I mean, are we prepared to make a full medical recommendation to our listeners? What? Whiskey versus corona? Is that what the story is? Uh, just getting shit hammered. You know, because of germs. Yeah, I mean, okay. alcohol. it's proven alcohol does kill germs. All right, check it out. I used to know, the, know this guy who dealt blackjack. Okay. And whenever he would get sick, whenever he felt the sniffles coming on, he would go out and buy a bottle of Ciroc vodka. Okay. And he would pound the entire thing. He, over the course of like maybe an hour, maybe two, he'd pound the entire bottle, blackout. God knows what else his body was doing at the time. He says 12 hours start to finish. He had it down. I just think that maybe the cure is worse than the disease, possibly. If you're drinking a whole bottle in one go, that's some like Jim Belushi old school, like uh, what what movie was that? Animal House. Animal House. Animal House. Yeah. Of course, of course. Anyway, that seems a, a bit as excessive, but I, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm willing to give it a shot at least once. I mean, try it out. You know, the next day he'd wake up, uh, have a big breakfast. You know, do all of your whatever works for you, hangover remedies, I suppose, exercise like hell, and show up to work the next day. Boom. Feeling fine. He swore by it. Exercise like hell, hungover? No, thank you. That works. I used to do that. Oh, that sounds awful. You, you do what you have to do, man. If you have to clock into this whole thing called life and you're going to 
you know, not take that in consideration the night before. <laughs> See, I just don't you know? drink until I black out. Yeah, that's ever. that's my plan. I don't drink till I black out either, but I've been known to drink till my body was trying to reject it. <laughs> I was I was fully yeah. I was fully conscious and aware of the fact that my, my body was like, we don't want this in us anymore. I have an idea. I know this will seem radical. What if you just took sick leave and uh, took a couple days off work? Well, because I think the remedy for getting sick wove in nicely with his advanced drinking skills. Uh, I, I mean, I, um, you know, I don't want to call anybody an alcoholic, but okay. the, guy, the guy knew how to drink. He drank well. So if you were to take that into consideration, do the math, sick leave, yeah. No, he, he, needed a, he definitely needed a workaround. Yeah, we do have a problem, though. That there are a lot of people out there that don't have sick leave, unfortunately. And that's kind of one of the issues that will be hitting people in the next month or two as this whole corona thing goes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So Congress and the president talking about all of these subsidies, let's just call them what they are, to a lot of big businesses to help them out during this crisis. Yet no one is directing the Department of Employment. Nobody is putting out a memo, a thought, an idea that, hey, maybe we should do something that's actually functional for the people while this pandemic is hitting. But do we also have proof? Because, I mean, he says a lot of things that he just pulls out of his ass and aren't actually true. He was talking a big game about, oh, I talked to all these insurance companies and they're going to cover everything. It's like, um, I've worked for insurance companies and I don't think what he's saying sounds very true. Well, it sounds kind of hard to plug into a computer as an agent over the phone, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I, d I do believe, though, that some type of $1.5 trillion stimulus was going to come, but it's going to like go to businesses. It's not going to go to people. No, exactly. Exactly. Like the airline business, <laughs> they're talking about perhaps the gas industry. And there's a whole other thing going on in Saudi Arabia right now, driving the price of gas down. And it's not involved in Corona. But anyway, yes, Kavika, that's totally what they're talking about. In terms of sick leave, in terms of, hey, I'm running a fever. I look at my TV and it's telling me everything I feel like right now. Boss making $12 an hour, $9 an hour. Yeah. Well, a lot of people our age, you know, a lot of younger people, the symptoms will be rather mild. So they may not even get a fever, but they could still be a carrier and have a mild case and go to work because they don't feel that bad and then expose a bunch of people. Yeah, it's all about knowing the early symptoms. I've gone to work with a cold tons of times, especially when you're young and yeah, you don't have sick leave. You can't afford to take off. You just go to work with your cold and make the best of it. So there may be a lot of people that don't feel that sick and then end up making a lot of other people sick. And then end up giving the coworkers you hate the little sniffles. Yeah, hold on to your pantyhose, grandma, because it's about to get real. I guess I guess what we're saying here, America, is go uh, go easy on the people who are stumbling into work hungover. And, and wash your hands, please. Yes, what else? What else? You want to keep this uh, Corona gravy train uh, going? Talk about more no, closures? No, I, I mean, don't want I... the whole episode to be about Corona. I told <sighs> Kavika that before we recorded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it's just so much of the media is oversaturated with Corona right now that I don't want our podcast to also be like Corona cast. Can I mention, though, just momentarily how much the stock market dropped? Oh, yeah. Now... Other people, whenever they see huge drops like that, they kind of freak out. But 
I just really want to increase the amount of money that's going to go into our 401k and TSP because here in like a week, like when it really bottoms out, man, we'll be buying so many stocks for so much less money. And that's when you make money. Just general long-term financial planning. There's been people making a lot of money today. And the people that have been making a lot of the money have been the ones betting against everybody else. And it's been pretty, like, incredible to watch it, you know? It's been pretty 2008 to watch it, hasn't it? Yes. 2008 AF. And, you know, this has been the biggest downturn since 1987. That says something. What was that, Black Friday? It probably was Black Friday. Yeah, Reagan's house of cards falling down. (laughs) All all that trickle down. (laughs) Yeah, it trickled down all right. (laughs) That never works. It just, it doesn't cease to amaze me. This afternoon at work, I just kept like seeing all the sports that are canceling alongside the movies that are delaying. It's like an entertainment apocalypse. It is an entertainment apocalypse. The the true travesty of the corona is that there is less entertainment in the world. Yeah, speaking of less entertainment in the world, how about less entertainment in the upstate? We just found out today that SC Comic Con, South Carolina's premier comic convention, uh, has been postponed until July, July 18th and 19th. Uh, hopefully... It'll go forward at that time. We'll see how it goes. We have one next weekend. We're hoping that they don't, but we're keeping our fingers crossed. So far, so good. It doesn't look like they're canceling, but Kavika keeps going like, oh, they're going to cancel. And I'm like, they just sent me an email saying they have another guest coming. I don't think they're planning on canceling, at least not right now. They just canceled Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, you have this place full of children and they will just lick things or just, oh, look, that's been on the floor. I'm going to put that in my mouth. Or have you ever, I'm, I'm sure you have because you have children, Dan, but watching a child drink from a fountain, it is horrific. Yeah, because they try <laughs> to eat the spout too, right? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> My daddy says ESO Network is the best podcast network. Is that how that goes? (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) I love it. Everyone these days could use a little support. And your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. Can I help you? Why, yes, yes, you can. I'm here to report a terrible crime. And what terrible crime is that? This one. Well, as you've come to expect here on Thunder Talk, we have special guest host Mark McRae joining us in the studio. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing awesome. How are things going with you? They're going good. Going good. Great. Uh, it's Adam's birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. 
Wow. Being that it's your big day, uh, what do you want to talk about? Your subject, buddy. Oh, um, just the usual free association about whatever with the three of us. <laughs> Sounds good. It's still on you, pal. What, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> One of my funniest memories from the uh, Retro Toy Con was when we were sitting in the front row. Adam and I were sitting in the front row. And Dan, you were taking pictures or I think you were recording video. Right, right, right. And Adam and I started talking about the CW shows. And I said, I like Supergirl, but she always seems to be getting her ass kicked. And we just kind of chuckled about that. And then Adam started telling me about all of his comic book stuff. And so it was just kind of funny. It was just like a really good memory. Because I had forgotten that Adam was a comic book geek. The Chief Thundertalk comic book specialist. Yeah. That's awesome. the title I gave myself just now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, what did you think of Crisis? Yeah, I really liked it. Some parts of it seemed to be, you know, just a little bit copy pasted from Infinity War and Endgame, kind of. Right, right. The final fight did feel a little bit more anticlimactic. And I was kind of spoiled by that amazing heartstring tugging moment that was the portal scene of Avengers Endgame. So, gotcha. Dance off part four and five, too, right? Yeah, I was in the hospital, actually. That's why I caught it. I liked at the very end how you hear the Super Friends opening theme the boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Hoyt Curtin theme. The funny thing about Hoyt Curtin, you know, he was Hanna-Barbera's composer, but there was another dude, Ted Nichols. And so Ted was the main composer. And then when Ted left Hanna-Barbera, Hoyt Curtin really didn't get a chance to do any of the action show opens. I think he really brought it with that Super Friends theme. And it was really cool to hear that at the end of Crisis. And it's cool because I was just like, what you just said now about Ted Nichols, I actually am familiar with that name because you talk about him in the book, right? Correct. Yes. There's an interview with Ted. Yeah. So, how, so Mark, how did he feel about the end of Crisis? Who? Our, our good friend Ted. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a chummy with him. <laughs> well, when I talk to him next, I will ask. Uh, he might not care since he didn't have anything to do with the Super Friends. <laughs> All the music thereof. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. And if they were ever going to do Crisis in any sort of format, it would have had to been on TV because they're getting better, but still kind of shaky on the movie grounds. Yeah, yeah. Case in point, Birds of Prey. I wasn't crazy about the trailer. So here's my here's my rule of thumb about trailers in general. And, I'm, and it's, it's a pretty accurate rule. If the trailer does not tell me what the heck is going on, more than likely it's going to be a bad movie. That's how I felt about the Birds of Prey trailer. I mean, you know, Harley Quinn is doing flips and there's explosions and she's looking crazy. And I'm like, well, what's the movie about? You know, I think Adam's seen it four times now. Mm -hmm. Six times. Six times. All right, Adam, tell us what it's all about. (laughs) Okay, wait, before you answer that. Um, did you did you like it oh yeah oh okay well he saw it six times yeah i mean there is a possibility he was arrested and put into some kind of clockwork orange scenario where they pinned his eyelids back that would have been terrible made him watch birds of prey six times i could see how that could happen uh adam what the hell man six times okay Okay, and I feel like I should preface this with, you know, explaining a little bit more, because apparently I feel like I, I have to now. 
No, 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 you don't have to. I mean, I just brought it up. I had no idea that, you know, that you saw it that amount of times. Well, I figure if this is my birthday segment part of the show, then uh, fuck it. I'll take the reins and talk about Birds of Prey with y'all. Yeah. Okay. So, and 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 for the record, yeah, I'm asking you to explain yourself. So we're going to Mark isn't culpable. Mark is fine. This is this is Dan asking. What the hell, pal? (laughs) Okay. So back in 2016, Suicide Squad came out in theaters, and I saw end up seeing 23 times in theaters. I shit you not, and course then a few more times on home release and what (laughs) (laughs) wow and it's blown a lot of people's minds because they're just like what the fuck that that was not a good movie at all like what in the hell yes we all agree to a great extent that birds of prey was not a well-made movie but the people whose minds are so blown they think that i don't see the errors in the movie right but they fail to realize is that, no, I know what you mean. I see what you mean, and I agree with you. However, the parts of the movie that I do really like all fucking grind it out through the shitty parts if I'm in the mood to see those parts. You see the shitty parts. You love it for the parts that you love it for. And fuck off, everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I do see what you mean. You're not wrong. <laughs> but I'm still like the biggest Harley Mark in the whatever mile radius. You got to represent. Exactly. Moving on to Birds of Prey. Seeing it six times. And I really don't get all these articles that keep wanting to point out how shittily Birds of Prey is doing in the box office. Because first of all, you're not commenting on the content of the movie. And if you are saying that because it didn't make that much money that it's a bad movie, you completely missed the part where Suicide Squad made a shitload of money and it was panned by critics and audience alike. But enough about that. We're talking about Birds of Prey here. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> Burn. Oh my gosh. That was yeah. so well said. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preach, Adam. I, I love that. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, and I'm not even done, Mark. I'm not even done. So, anyway, Burn. Oh, okay. All right, we're talking about the reception and all that. Oh my God. It, okay. I think we've but, been talking about the reception, man. Yeah, well, well received. <laughs> and also, not, not just the domestic box office, but international. It's made its okay, money back okay. and then some. Right, so right, it's not a right. bomb, but it's also not Endgame. It's got, last I saw, an 86% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's doing well. You can just close that narrative off right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you got some feelings, bro. We, we unlocked a whole Pandora's box here, Mark. You want to let the guy talk for his birthday? <laughs> We're letting him talk, dude. So. So, okay, the plot. So, Roman Sionis, Ewan McGregor, we've got evil Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, now, hold on. You're you're taking me to see this movie, dude. Okay. I mean, I don't want you to spoil it for me. Uh, okay. Uh, Black Mask wants to get the diamond from Cassandra, and Harley, Black Canary, Huntress, Detective Renee Montoya are all trying to protect and save this girl from Black Mass. Got it. Here's the thing now. I'm interested in, in seeing it too now, you know? I mean, that was a really good review. Well, cruise on up, man. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> and my thing is, in reading these articles where people want to point out why it's failing or whatever... Says because of the oh feminist message or whatever, but I thought, what's wrong with that? 
Yeah. Well, a lot of these people, they don't know how things work anyway, because let me tell you, when I first started working on Boomerang, we actually used to have viewers call up. You get a lot of these, you know, armchair quarterbacks, and they think they have the answers for everything. And they don't work in the industry, and they don't have a freaking clue. But yet, they need to say something negative to sound like they do know what they're talking about. It's almost like uh, snakes on a plane. I remember when uh, Samuel L. Jackson and the movie folks for Snake on, Snakes on a Plane were going to San Diego Comic-Con to kind of get the word out. It really didn't generate the type of buzz that I think they were expecting. You got to like actually believe in your product and not necessarily try to get the approval of a certain fan base. And because of, you know, there is social media and there is online commenting, everyone now feels like they have a voice, you know, and here's what I think. And here's why I'm right. And here's what I know. And I'm like, man, you don't know nothing. <laughs> but it turns out I wasn't the only dame in Gotham looking for emancipation. Thunder friends, we are very happy and privileged to have a special guest with us here this evening, uh, my good friend, Mr. Carl Barshinsky. Carl here is uh, one of the founding architects of the Wasteland event held out in California. He also has his own clothing line now. Very excited to have you, Carl. How are you doing? Thank you. Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Now you have your your story is fascinating. You were born in Poland. What what right. year approximately? I mean, I don't want to date you here, but <laughs> in the mid seventies. Okay, yeah. Seven. Okay, yeah. cool. I was born somewhere around. Uh, well, I was born in Torrance around the mid seventies. So, Generation yeah. X, right on. Born in Poland under the uh, yoke of the Soviet Union. Actually, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Your father was a merchant marine who worked at the same shipyards where the Solidarity Movement began, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's how I understand it. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. In, uh, in, my, in my humble opinion, a lot of historians would agree the first major crack in uh, the Soviet Union and the whole Soviet system happened right there. Right, right. I was born in that town and I went to a museum that they had set up in that town about the Solidarity Movement and all that stuff. So I, I got to I, I got a little bit of the history there. Yeah, as I understand it, yeah, in the 70s there. I think most of that happened after I was born and after maybe my dad left. But it's crazy to think about that, you know, it, it all started there. And, and that was the first thing that got the whole domino falling. Exactly. And your dad, you know, he saw, he kind of saw that storm coming and he got his family out. Yeah, that's how I understand it. Uh, in 81 is when they declared martial law in Poland. So. Right. Um, I'm sure there were a lot of rumblings and political chaos and things, unrest going on for years before that. Now, from there, you, you guys uh, moved down to Croatia, I believe, yeah. uh, with your mother's family? Right, right. My grandmother, I think she actually grew up in Serbia. I mean, it was all the same country back then. Sure. The Republic of Yugoslavia. Right. Yeah, we lived in a very, a very beautiful town called, well, I, we were right next to this beautiful town called Dubrovnik. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, like I think uh, what Games of Thrones and stuff, some some of the episodes are filmed there and things like that. Right. It's a very beautiful coastal town down there. So right. 
I, we lived down there for about a year and a half. And then from there, you moved to Austria. Right. We went to a refugee camp in Austria, somewhere near Vienna or outside of Vienna or something like that. And right. we were there about 10 months or so, you know, close to a year. Right. I, th- I think there's there was some sort of a program to, what's the word, sponsor okay. uh, refugees. And so we got we found sponsors in the U.S. And so we, we were able to fly out to, I think, New Jersey or something like that. And New York is where we originally went. Okay. My dad didn't like it there. He didn't like the living conditions there and all that stuff. And I, I guess it was hard to find a job or something like that. So we, had, we actually ended up finding another sponsor in California. And so that's ultimately where we settled. Yeah, I was going through your biography, watching some of the uh, earlier films that that you grew up with. Uh-huh. I, you know, I want to ask, you know, what sort of inspired your persuasion towards the the post-apocalyptic genre, though, being the Cold War and really in the early 80s, some of those dangerous years of the Cold War in retrospect, uh, it's kind of a foregone question. (laughs) You know, it was everywhere. It was in our sci-fi. It was in our theaters. You know, uh, yeah. the, the the end of the world. Right. Yeah. And that's why I mentioned all of that in my bio. You know, it's kind of funny how, you know, politics has sort of uh, influenced our, our interests, you know, and the post-apocalypse kind of was born out of that sort of Cold War concern. The Soviets were going to uh, launch missiles at us and all this stuff. Right. So, yeah. So we get, you know, we get movies like Mad Max and that whole thing. Yep. I think it was about 1990 when I actually saw my first Mad Max movie. Right. Before that, though, it was just a lot of a lot of Rambo and Back to the Future and that kind of stuff. Sure. Actually, I think my, my dad rented First Blood from uh, Tower Records, maybe. OK, sure, sure. <laughs> and I think they like forgot to actually put it in the system. So we kept it. <laughs> and so I was I don't know how old I was, but maybe, you know, nine years old watching this rated R movie like over sure. and over again. And so it really, I think, uh, became part of who I was right. growing up. You know, a lot of people don't realize that back in the 80s, there were so many rated R films that ended up in front of children. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, everything Schwarzenegger did. I saw Predator in the theater. Yeah. And I remember telling my dad, I'm really scared and I want to leave. And he said, either shut up or walk home. Because we're not, <laughs> yeah. we're not getting, we're no. Right, and and they even made a cartoon later for Rambo, I think. Oh, and, dude, they made uh, cartoons, toys, all yeah. of this stuff. Yeah, Rambo cartoons with yeah toys. Yep. And what about the children? Well, back in the eighties, <laughs> I mean, to hell with the children, they'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, we were eating Transformers and GI Joe for breakfast anyway. Right. Right. As stated earlier, you're you're one of the founding members of of Wasteland. Right. And the event, uh, I, I want to call it a convention. I mean, it does certainly uh, inspire cosplay within a particular genre. You know, a lot of our fans are of the nerd persuasion. Right. Uh, I certainly know what separates Wasteland is that it's not tied to a specific brand and uh, you're not going to go to a convention center (laughs) to be there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We never wanted it to be too much of a convention type of feel. Right. It's one of the reasons why we didn't want like fallout power armor and and things like that. We didn't want it to look, you know, too fake. We wanted it to be realistic and gritty. Right. Somebody suggested that we call it, you know, the anti-con and other people didn't like that. But (laughs) but it's it's, it's kind of an anti-con, you know, it's it's more of a desert festival. Oh, God, I, I wouldn't even know where to how to try to pigeonhole it to be honest with you i want to say it's like uh it's like burning man but with cooler costumes yeah. and less ecstasy maybe a little more whiskey right yeah you know yeah everyone's gonna everyone's gonna compare it to burning man so we might as well do you may as yeah, well it's, yeah it's it's but it's not burning it's not man. like burning man that's what you try to compare it to but no there, there's really no comparison 
I would just encourage everybody, go check it out, Wasteland. It's out in California. Uh, where is it usually held? I know the location has shifted from time to time. We were in California City for a while, and okay. then uh, the current owners of Wasteland, they, they bought some land in North Edwards, which is just really uh, a stone's throw from, sure. from the old location. It's really not that far. It's uh, not too far from Edwards Air Force Base, if anyone's right. familiar with that. That's where the space shuttle, that was like uh, location B for the space shuttle to land. Right, right. Yeah, everybody, yeah, I would encourage you to go check out Wasteland. I'm sure you can Google it. It won't take you too long. Now, from there, you've evolved into a bit of a fashion mogul now these days, haven't you? Yeah, I was always interested in costuming, you know, and I when I when I came to Los Angeles, I wanted to get involved in the in the film right. industry, and I was predominantly interested in costuming. A lot of that came about from watching the I think the Mad Max films. Before that, I was always I always like dressing up, but that that's what really got me going. I started to really get serious about putting costume pieces together and learning how to do, you know, leather craft and stuff like that. But yeah, I came down to LA. I, I managed to get into the union, the costume designers guild. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, after running Wasteland for a few years and then just becoming really dissatisfied with, with working for, for different companies down here. Sure. I just decided, you know what, I need to just pursue my passion. Right. So starting an online store and sort of offering, you know, cosplay items, but also understanding that people probably want to wear stuff all year and not just for cons and and festivals. I also tried to make stuff that, that could go both ways so people could wear it as fashion and not just costumes. So I've always, I've always kind of been on the on the on the borderline of costume and fashion. Well, I'm looking at your feature page right now and your leather jackets, uh, the fishnet mesh hoodie for women. By and large, this is these are just really cool clothes. I mean, straight up. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think you nailed it. Uh, where can everyone find you? Well, they can find me on Instagram. They can find me on Facebook. And Pinterest is actually working pretty well for me, so nice. I would uh, definitely recommend people find me there. What would your handle be? What would, what would they be typing in? My handles and all of those are carlb.com. So the .com is all spelled out, D-O-T-C-O-M. Right. So K-A-R-O-L-B-D-O-T-C-O-M. Perfect. That's, remember that D-O-T, everybody. Just, just don't put a period there. It's a D-O-T-C-O-M. All right. Excellent. Well, hey, Carl, thank you so much for being with us on the show. Pleasure. I got a bit of a favor to ask you. Sure. Technically speaking, this would be the third episode where I would have an excuse to close the interview with Tina Turner's track from Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> Is it cool if we close with that? Uh, absolutely. Why not? <laughs> awesome, dude. Hey, man. Thanks for spending your time here with us at Thunder Talk. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. to listen to shows about pop culture, movies, television, and comic books. Good thing Wilbur and Daisy found the NerdBliss Podcast. You too can find the NerdBliss Podcast at nerdblisspodcast.com and on the ESO Network. Just remember, NerdBliss is one word. Thunder Talk exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> 
Davy, Davy Adams, king of the electronic music frontier. We have the good doctor back with us in the studio tonight, Davy Adams. Or should I call you Lando Martini? <laughs> that was uh, the temporary character idea that I came up for this album. Yeah, you know, I used to go by Lando on Facebook for years. Oh, yeah, you did, didn't you? I remember that. I feel you on the Lando thing. <laughs> so you have a new album out? Uh, what's 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 it called? Uh, so my names are overly complicated. It's basically The Good Doctor is Lando Martini, and then in parentheses, hindsight is 2020. <laughs> now it's a compilation of old remastered tracks, right? Basically, yeah. It's like it's a, a bunch of tracks that I had worked on years ago that I just never finished. Some of them going back as far as 2010, the, the newest one being from like 2014. Very cool. So what got you to go back and, you know, dig into your old catalog? It was a combination of things. I was laid off last year, so I've been trying to focus more on music during the year and take advantage of the time that I had. So I started working on a couple of new albums, um, one being a follow-up to my last album, The Night Driver, that I put out in 2015. So it's all kind of like um, ambient, electronic, kind of like synth pop and retro wave kind of sounding stuff. And then another album that's more serious, kind of like indie pop and synth wave inspired as well. So I, I went and started working on those and I started stumbling across these old files and thinking like, you know, I might as well put one or two of these out because they've been just sitting here and they're almost done. They just need a little bit of mastering. Once I started digging, then I realized I had like at least 10 that were like pretty much finished that I just for some reason never felt comfortable releasing. And I went to put them out and then realized like, oh, they sound like shit. So I remastered like all of them. And then a couple I was like, oh, these lyrics are kind of like cheesy and I'm better now. So I re-recorded that. And so got to the point where I had 10 tracks that I was like, okay, well, these are good enough to put out as an album. Now the name The High Scientist 2020. Very appropriate. Exactly. So what's yeah. this new album you're working on? There's two EP concepts. I've got about seven tracks for each right now. They're different um, vibe-wise. That's why I kind of thought of splitting them up. Part of it's because I, uh, I, I believe we talked about last time, I go to Wasteland Weekend every year, and the the people that have started uh, Wasteland, they are doing another event called Neotropolis. Um, it's uh, supposed to happen in May. It got pushed back due to this coronavirus thing in, into June. But it's it's all cyberpunk, heavily Blade Runner-inspired, uh, things like that. And so the f one concept album that's kind of the spiritual follow-up to Night Driver, that's going to be more electronic, um, instrumental, not really any vocals, maybe sound effects, stuff like that. Think like Perturbator, um, Laserhawk, stuff like that. Oh, Laserhawk, right on. Yeah. Right on. But still my vibe, because like I can't, I'm not very good at copying other people's stuff, so it's still going to sound weird like my shit. Like, not exactly like that. The other one, I kind of want to do something more like, like R&B and pop and kind of indie inspired. So like... That one's going to be more like I'm, I'm going to sing on it and stuff like that. Nice. Nice. Well, you know, it's got to be your sound. We wouldn't have that any other way. Yeah. So how can everybody find you out on the internet, social medias? How can all of us give all of you our money? Well, m most of my stuff is up on my Bandcamp page. Uh, the address for that is thegooddoctorofficial.bandcamp.com. There is a couple other Good Doctor stuff on Bandcamp. I think there's only like an album or two for most people. I've got like seven releases on there. So you should see the label. I look um, kind of cheesy on the new album cover. So it should be easy to pick me out. <laughs> yeah, a crazy looking guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the chubby dude that looks like Ron Jeremy in this picture. 
So the current album that's out right now, titled The Good Doctor, is Lando Martini. Hindsight is 2020. What track are we going to be playing tonight? Well, the album is pretty varied and stylistically. It's it's kind of all over the place. Um, I feel like the one that I like the most and that I've had some of the more receptive feedback from is called St. Crispin's Day which is a little bit more kind of like jazz based. So it's not as like electronic as some of the other tracks and not as silly, a little bit more me. Right on. Right on with Davey. Thank you for being with us again. Good to be back. And here is St. Crispin's Day from The Good Doctor coming at you now.
This is a 30-second ad spot to the Black Market Toast podcast where we take a piece of media out of the cupboard, dust it off, toast it up, and serve it as something completely new. What? Well, it means we either listen to or watch a movie or TV show or piece of music and then it's not like we just use whatever media we pick as a conversation starter <laughs> well because it's fun okay listen to it on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on facebook or something so here we are back again for another bottom of the barrel <laughs> bottom of the barrel Oh man, did we scrape the bottom of the barrel for you guys this week? We watched Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo, the ultimate show with Kelly, Ozone, and Turbo. Electric Boogaloo is breakdance too. Yes, and it is just as amazing as the title implies. Oh yeah, it's it's. <laughs> An 80s breakdancing romp. It is a romp through the 80s. 1984. 1984. Let me just give you a little rundown. Yes. Disappointed with her small part in a chorus line of a Los Angeles show, jazz dancer Kelly, played by Lucinda Dickey, quits and heads home. Her father, John Christie Ewing, this proves that Kelly's friendship with street dancers Ozone, played by Alfonso Sabadu, Cunis, <laughs> and a Turbo, who's played by Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chamber. Oh, yeah. So they encourage her to pursue an opportunity to perform in Paris, ignoring the wishes of her father. She teams up with her friends for a breakdancing benefit show to save an endangered community theater. Nice. Is that from Wikipedia? Uh, this is from Google. Like okay. If you just Google it. No, no. Here's, here's <laughs> the description from IMDb. Are you prepared for I'm this? I'm prepared. A developer tries to bulldoze a community recreation center. The local break dancers try to stop it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And you know what? That sums up the movie. I feel like the story is between Kelly and Ozone. It's yeah. a love story for all ages. And the the trying to stop the community center yes. from getting bulldozed was a bigger part of the story <laughs> than Kelly and her parents. The main part. On other than the love story was here's this community center and you got a rich developer. They're Evil white dudes Evil are going to come. He's, he's paid off some city officials, you know, just to get the place condemned so he can buy it up for the cheap. And, and then turn it into a shopping center. But I will say this community center is humongous. They yeah. have inside of it, they have a theater, dancing, like boxing. a boxing gym. You know, the whole community is really behind it. And they call this community center Miracles. Miracles. Yes. And because it provides a miracle to the community. Well, what's amazing is number one, this community, obviously, it was like all the poor, diverse people. Apparently, How did they get this big ass community center to begin with? This thing, like in today's dollars, this community center, just the land, the building to maintain, like, this is clearly 
a multi-million dollar building. And it well, is this run is the down, 80s. Run down because it was in the left behind area of town where at one right. time there was wealth. And then and the now it's all left. poor people. But now the um, developer wants to come in and regentrify it. Yeah. Buy it up and turn it into a shopping mall. <laughs> yeah, a shopping center. I'll finish you, your friends, and your whole damn neighborhood. So, Miracles is going to get bulldozed, and they need 20, no, no they need $200,000 to save Miracles. Yeah. So, this is at the height of breakdancing. That's whenever you're on the ground, you're spinning, you get your, your piece of, like, cardboard, or you would see people with, like, cut out pieces of, like, vinyl. Yeah. And, then, and if you ever watched, like, Step Up or any of these other movies that came out even in the late 2000s, where they had, like, dance-offs. This mm-hmm. is a dance-off movie. And then you have a rival gang. Yeah. One- <laughs> a rival dance crew gang. You lost your edge. You're the loser, punk. Try me. And it was called, like, Electric Death or, or you know, just... Oh. <laughs> uh, electro uh, yeah, something. Yeah. I can't it, remember. It, it, if you're willing to suspend belief in certain things, you get some great dancing. And then you get some horrible dancing. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I thought that we would see a lot more break dancing than we did. The- a lot more of it was a mix of like jazz and modern dance yeah. with the occasional break dancing. I don't know. It was whatever was... I thought I would see more. At the time. They, I thought I would see of... more like hip hop type dancing, and maybe mm. this was a precursor. Maybe like the hip hop dance that we see today wasn't there yet. I don't think it was. I mean, we, we saw a lot of Michael Jackson influence, but we see yeah. a young Ice T on the stage in front of Miracles. He just he looks pretty much the same, you know, big yeah. su- sunglasses and yeah, everything. Yeah, he's and, young. You know, he, he was a baby. One, two, three, four. Get up, everybody, get on the floor. Cut turbo. We're rocking the night. We're gonna rock y'all hard. Gonna rock it right. So Kelly goes to Miracles after she quits the chorus. She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. She goes to see her friends at Miracles. And once she comes through, if they weren't already dancing, they start dancing. Oh, yes. And then there's Magician. Everybody has street names. (laughs) This this guy. Okay. This guy. They might call him Magician. But he's a mime. He's people. a mime. He's just a, he has mime face. The very first time they call him magician. <laughs> and he doesn't even have full mime face. Around his mouth is painted down his neck, almost like it's a bone, like a neck bone. Yeah, it was very, very weird. And, and he never, he never spoke. He never That's spoke. A mime he's people. a mime. And he was doing like the traditional mime things where he, pulling open an invisible door yeah so the whole team could walk through it <laughs> and like looking overly excited when they showed his face like he no, had to, i don't get to talk so i have to show you with my whole face that i'm super excited all the time and, and then of course ozone the lead dancer he has all these other women that really want to get but he only has eyes, eyes for, for kelly. kelly the rich girl it's like a romeo and juliet guys because yes. he He's poor. <laughs> Ozone lives with his brother Turbo, and of course oh. the, the 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 local girls they pull Kelly aside. 
you're not supposed there's, to be. <laughs> there's one girl. There's like this love triangle that's not set up. Maybe it would make more sense if we had seen the first break-in. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's this other girl that wants ozone for herself. And Kelly comes around and she's like, what are you doing here? You don't belong um, here. Just leave me alone. You don't belong with ozone. You don't belong in this neighborhood. Honey, you just oh yeah, for no reason at all. A couple times in the movie, Ozone's pants are just undone all the time. He's laying on his bed with his shoes on, his Converse are on, but his pants are unbuttoned, and he's just laying there. And his brother comes in the room. No, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> that is seriously my favorite part. So, so <laughs> he- Turbo's probably around fifteen, yeah. sixteen. I mean, just come into terms with. I like girls. So during the big <laughs> opening, when Kelly comes to Miracles or whatever, and then they all start dancing, they dance like basically all through Miracles. And then they go out to the street. Oh, yeah. And, and that was all- an amazing scene, too. They're like dancing down the street and then random people on the street come in and start dancing, whether it's other kids or like there's Everybody. a female cop. Everybody is dancing. They dance into this park and there's a stage full of people dancing. And there's this cute little girl about the same age as a little Turbo. baby Latina. Yes. Who's <laughs> dancing. And he is in love immediately. They're like eye boning each other. He's looking at her. She's looking at him doing the flirty eyes. He walks in to Ozone's, I don't know, shack. It was the weirdest. I mean, like you never see the outside. His rainbow bedroom. His rainbow bedroom dance shack. And then Turbo, Turbo's like, hey, Ozone, what do I do for girls? I really want to talk to her and da 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 da. And so Ozone <laughs> just randomly has a, not a blow up doll, but it's the size of a blow up doll. It's not but a mannequin. It's also, it's also like a stuffed doll. It's right? like a stuffed doll with almost like a wig head that you would and store your wig on. Ozone picks up this doll. He's just like, well, this is what you got to do. You go in there and you start giving her thing. And you, like, start, you whisper in her ear. <laughs> and they start dancing. Now, cut to, they both are imagining the girl that they want to be with. Turbo is imagining the cute local Latina. Which has no name. We never find a name out for her. She hasn't even spoken this far in the movie. And then Ozone is imagining imagining the doll is Kelly. And then so they both start fighting in this weird dance-off fight away from the doll thing. It is bananas but it is yeah because they're both really when they when they have the doll whoever has the doll is imagining the girl that they're into and gets like really into it yeah. and then it's like about to kiss the doll and then the other one because Jesus. they see them dancing yeah. with the girl that they like <laughs> takes it away what is going on and then they like dance fight over it until they rip the doll apart yeah and then they just like laugh and smile and start dancing with each yes, other. Yes, they immediately was like they just dance with each other. It was a very beautiful, touching scene. Um, you have the nicest teeth. No, man, she's not a horse. Yeah, Lord, let's start from scratch with you. Man. Let me show you how you do. So this Latina, you'll see her in little spots, but you don't hear any word until Turbo goes into the hospital. Yeah, he gets hurt. He he's gets in hurt. the hospital. He's like in traction and shit. All of his friends are there. Oh, because he's like, 
He won't wake up. Won't. They never say that he's like he's in a coma. He just won't like, wake up. All his friends come from miracles and they're like around his bed and they're like, oh, wake up, man. Wake up. What you got to wake do? up. What can we do? And then the girl, there's like a closet. And it's like, right it's literally a closet. And she comes out Just of this small of closet, closet and she speaks for the first time. And it was atrocious. It was I'm atrocious. I'm going to say the oddest part of the whole, it, like, You thing. know, I think maybe it was dubbed. I think I maybe think that was. girl did not speak I do Spanish. Not think she spoke and they Spanish. really wanted it to be that she only spoke Spanish. And instead of maybe like teaching her some Spanish, no, they, they just dubbed, dubbed over it in. a couple Spanish lines. But, but it she's was like, like oh, oh, por favor. <laughs> it was all this very the, breathy. It, it was, was like weird. if it was the Latina version of anime girl <laughs> it voice. What? <was>, <laughs> It was oh. wild. Todavía sigue durmiendo? Mi bailador. Cucucito lindo. Despiértate. Vamos. Now jam the bus. She kisses him and he wakes up. Awakes. Awakes out of the dream. He breaks out of his cast. Yeah, he forces he the he forces dancing. the girl to break him out of the hospital because all the other kids leave because they're trying to raise money to save miracles. So they've been doing like car washes and like magician was doing balloon animals and every every kid that had some kind of skill was trying to use their skill to raise money and they raised like seven thousand dollars so then they decided to do a big show at miracles Erbo's left out he's got to be there for his he's got to be there so he forces the girl to break him out of the hospital and gets her just in time to help stop the bulldozers because the developers are coming yeah they're coming for miracles so they have this show they've got almost all the money incomes kelly's father yeah they saw on tv the news broadcast and they decided that their daughter really was trying to do the right thing by hanging <laughs> out with the, the kids of miracles they were just watching the local news and they're like oh i guess um this is fine then <laughs> And then they go give the last $50,000 because, of course, Kelly's family is rich. Kelly's family is rich. And the entire time with Kelly's dad, it's all like, I don't want to throw good money after bad. Like all the very... Stereotypes stereotypes. and movie tropes. Tropes. Movie tropes. Movie tropes. This movie is trope after trope after trope. Like all the 80s breakdancing movie tropes you could have. This movie has them. It has all of them. It's a well worthy watch, bomb of the barrel. I mean, this is Corona time, right? You're gonna have some time to kill. Watch it. It's streaming if you have a Prime membership. Yeah, it's if you have streaming Amazon right Prime. now on Amazon. It's dumb, but you'll be entertained. <laughs> Definitely entertaining. Well, that's it for this week's bottom of the barrel. WTLK The Thunder We have a release date for the newest edition of the DCCW shows the Arrowverse shows if you will and 
honestly, this has probably been around and known for quite a while, and I'm just a little late to the party because I'm just a great news guy like that. But the next show will be Stargirl, which brings the title character into modern times and out of the World War II Justice Society sort of era, and it'll be premiering on May 12th. Is Vin Diesel becoming the next Mark Ruffalo when it comes to Marvel spoilers? Asked, honestly, probably nobody but myself while promoting a Bloodshot. He did let slip that the Guardians of the Galaxy will in fact be in Thor Love and Thunder. Initially, Guardians 3 was supposed to come before Thor, and Thor is probably going to be in that a little bit, but of course with the whole James Gunn debacle that's been well documented on the internets and Thunder Talk, along with the Suicide Squad and his return to Marvel Studios, now Guardians 3 will be coming after Thor Love and Thunder, but they'll have some sort of role in the newest entry in the Thor Saga. Angela Bassett and or Jimmy Fallon might have let slip a little something on his show when she was on. He did say that she told him about a new costume that T'Challa was going to have in Black Panther 2, so... Oh no, what a scary spoiler. Scary. So this coming Tuesday is something that will not be delayed and doesn't have to be delayed, and but delays are coming later. But for those with early access to the Mortal Kombat 11 DC characters, Spawn is finally here! And for everybody else, he'll be in your roster, in your stores, March 24th. We finally got Spawn! I mean, the DLC characters for MK11's been pretty awesome so far with the likes of the Terminator and Joker and all that, but we've got Spawn! On to a bit more serious news concerning movies in the entertainment industry, of course, you know, if you've been watching the news or been scouring social media or just been around anywhere where people are left gathering around, you know that the pandemic that is the coronavirus, COVID-19, that's caused quite a bit of delays concerning at least mostly important movies. It started off about a week or so ago with James Bond's No Time to Die, which was supposed to come out in April, which has now been pushed back to November, roughly right around Thanksgiving, as Thanksgiving does tend to happen in November. Also, My Spy, the new spy comedy with Batista, was originally supposed to come out March 13th, but it's been pushed to April. We'll see if it actually comes out on time. So far, those are just the only two delays up until this past week, Wednesday, Thursday, when it was like an apocalypse of movie delays, starting with A Quiet Place 2, which was supposed to come out March 20th, is now indefinite. F9, Fast and Furious 9, was supposed to come out Memorial Day weekend. Now it's been pushed back to April 2021. Disney's pushing back three movies. New Mutants, which is nothing new. New Mutants is like on its 856 delay. It's been getting delayed twice a year since like 1812. Then we have Antlers, and then Mulan, which was set to come out March 27th. Yeah, it was supposed to be like the first like actual movie that was going to do some business of the year, pretty much. As of now, Black Widow and Wonder Woman are slated to still come out during their times this summer, but, you know, that can always change at the drop of a hat. Nothing is certain until it's actually in your local movie theater. Production's been suspended on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 
it started off just being a bit of a delay because they were filming in Prague and now production's been suspended entirely along with WandaVision. Also Shang-Chi, the actual movie, not Disney Plus show, their director is on self-quarantine so that production's is going to be on hold as well. Mandalorian's still coming out though, they wrapped filming on that so Baby Yoda's going to be on time. We can take solace in that this year. I mean, find the positives where you can, right? Oh yeah, sports. Pretty much all the sports have been pretty much suspended or cancelled. All the basketball tournaments that were going on at the college level have been officially cancelled. And the NBA season was suspended after it was discovered that Jazz center Rudy Gobert has tested positive for coronavirus. Same with his teammate Donovan Mitchell. However, on Friday night, the Suns and the Mavericks actually played against each other in NBA 2K, played their actual game on Twitch, so there was some basketball going on. Again, just making as positive out of a crappy situation as we can. Major League Baseball pretty much said no spring training and opening day is delayed two weeks, at least. Major League Soccer is not doing anything for 30 days. The XFL canceled its season, which is really bad because it's first season back and it has to cancel early. Hockey is suspended things. NFL is sort of holding off on pre-draft, you know, get-togethers and workouts and all that. However, as of uh, Sunday morning the 15th, the players and the owners agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement, so at least whenever football does come back, we're not going to have to go through a freaking labor dispute. Again, positives and the negatives. It's uh, pretty dark out there, but just stay safe and hold on and we'll all get the, through this together, you know. Thunder Talk's still coming at you as regularly as we normally do. There's still plenty of entertainment options. Everybody subscribe to at least like 80 streaming services at a time anyway. So, you know, we'll get through this. With all that said, stay safe out there. Drink, fight, in self-quarantine, I guess. And make your ancestors proud. This has been WTLK The Thunder. Hey, pardon interruption, but do you want to learn more about love, lust, sex, anger, happiness, music, time, space, and the human race? I hope you do, because I'm here to beg you to listen to Soul Forge Podcast. We're your weekly dose of life and living here on the ESO Network. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts and soulforgepodcast.com. A proud partner of the Rusted Robot Podcast here on the ESO Network. Let's find out together. What? You are so cool. It seemed like uh, Birds of Prey was the kind of movie that the internet was asking for because it was a more Harley-centric movie. It was a very diverse cast. Yeah. And both the writer and the director were women. It seemed to have everything the internet was asking for, but yeah. for whatever the reason, the numbers didn't translate. But that doesn't mean it's a failure or it was a bad movie. It's just, right. uh, who, who the f*** knows? <laughs> Yeah, true, true. And I think that people were rooting for the movie to do well. I mean, after all, you had Wonder Woman and then you had Aquaman. And so this was the next big movie coming out and the movie franchise seemed to be on a roll. But I, I, I think it's funny that Wonder Woman and Aquaman, who had the 
worst reputations on the Super Friends series came out on top in the movies. And I just think that's awesome. <laughs> you know, that's I mean, because because Batman's tired and Superman is overpowered and just doesn't relate anymore. And that Superman was kind of the saddest Superman I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the dude just never smiled. He just always seemed like he was in pain or he was suffering from hemorrhoids or something. I'm just like, this is not the Superman I know or grew up with, you know, which is fine, you know, because it can't be your grandfather's Superman. But he was just always brooding and, oh, it was so terrible being Superman. That's what you felt he was thinking. Yeah, that's Batman's. Hmm. That's I know. Yeah. <laughs> Territory. But it's on. like the start of uh, the Wonder Woman and Aquaman and then Shazam and Birds of Prey movies. That was. Oh, I forgot about Shazam. Yeah, that was good, too. I love that movie. Yeah, it was a good you movie. Know? It was just overshadowed because Captain Marvel came out like um, the month beforehand oh. and it just like completely blew it out of the water box office wise. But that doesn't mean Shazam is a bad movie. It just. Right. It's still a That's good movie. The timing. You know, there's a lot of confusion, too, because, you know, Shazam at one point was the original Captain Marvel. Exactly. And then, you know, there were rights issues with the title and the name. I'm not going to get into all that because it's not the greatest story of, about how that all went down. Yeah. And it reminded me sort of of the real Ghostbusters cartoon versus the ghost, the filmation bird. Uh-huh. <laughs> the one with the gorilla. But yeah, you know, for- or it's it's, uh, it's almost the same scenario. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? No, totally, <laughs> totally. And uh, you can hear more about this in coming up episodes of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast, hosted by Mark McRae. I'm there, too. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. That was uh, <laughs> a very obvious plug <laughs> <laughs> for the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. Well, happy birthday, Adam. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hope it was super awesome. Oh, yes. Especially uh, this recording part. That was a lot of fun and kind of cathartic, oh. honestly. <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> Better talk, everybody. Come get your catharsis. Aye. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Mending it like that. That's, that's good. All be- right. <laughs> Love you, mean it. Psychologically speaking, vengeance rarely brings the catharsis we hope for. Yeah. You blow up Thank you again for listening. Um, it's been another wonderful episode. We look forward to hearing back from y'all and we look forward to bringing y'all more content on the regs. Yeah, we'd like to thank Carl Barshinsky, Davy Adams, and as always, the fabulous Mark McRae for joining us. If you guys are looking for us online, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod or email all your complaints to Dan at ThunderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. I wish somebody would email me. You know, back in uh, Christmas, <laughs> our, our Christmas episode, we had a contest where whoever emailed us first, whoever reached out to us through email first, just just send us an email. Kavika would paint you, uh, would, would paint you the Eiffel Tower. Oh yeah. I think we thought about the word Paris going underneath it. You know, I want to claim this prize, Kavika. If you just hear me out, I would love. I would hang it in my home, a painting of the <laughs> Eiffel Tower, 
right? Like black and white, nice, maybe in the rain, whatever. Just, you know, the Eiffel Tower. And below, instead of the word Paris, I don't know, I see it as almost like written in lipstick, kind of. The word basic. Basic. I think... Nice. <laughs> I think something could be arranged. Think you're onto something, Lightning Lad. I think you're onto something. Oh, thank you. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, see, it pays to reach out to us people. Yeah, you could have gotten that, but now Dan's getting that, so... Uh, yep, because Dan that. emailed himself first. Of I did. course he I did. did. <laughs> We'll go blind. I'm going to paint Dan like a French lady. It's going to be awkward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and then it'll be like, every time I look at you, I go blind. Every time I look at you, I go blind. In the morning, I, I get, get up, up and I try, try to, to feel alive, alive but, but I, I can't. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Do, 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 do. Are you Hootie do, do, do. or are you the Blowfish? <laughs> I am the Blowfish. Not a Blowfish. Nice. The Blowfish. Yes, I get to be Hootie. He does country music now. He's been doing it yeah, for a while. I know. Yeah, I What's that about? So weird. How dare he betray my childhood like that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, first it's Hootie and the Blowfish, then it's the Spin Doctors, then it's Blues yeah. Travelers, and then shit. What are you left with? You know... On this thought, you know what we need? We need a commercial. Oh, hey, you know what? Yeah, everybody, you waited till the end of the show. Now you get a free commercial. It's the only time you're going to hear it here. But if you want to hear it all the time, go check out the ESO Network, ESO.com. It's our network. All kinds of great shows at the ESO Network. And update to the latest version of Real Player. Real Player? What the f*** is Real Player? You can get that on their website? <laughs> Serious? <laughs> Does anyone use Real Player anymore? I don't think I've seen that since like 2000 or something. Same. RIP QuickTime. That's not on their website, is it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Dan and, Dan and Kavika forgot how to internet. Adam and I remember. Pepperidge yeah. Farm remembers. You have 30 seconds to describe Thunder Talk. It's pop culture. With a twist. It's music. LBGTQ+. And comedy. Well, dark comedy. It's nerd junk. It's comic books. Video games. Conventions. Yeah, nerd junk. And social commentary. It's woke, yo. Yeah, and nerd junk. Woke nerd junk. Thunder Talk is all over the place. Every place you want to be. Thunder Talk is a proud member of the ESO Network. Find us at thundertalk.org and download us on all podcast platforms. Forms. So one of like sh should you just start your your speech like um so we can finish this commercial? Oh yeah, um we hope you liked it. Go check out the ESO network, ESO.com. Yeah. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to Thunder Talk. Bye bye. Bye guys. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's count it down. Yeah. No, don't, don't we have to? Didn't you want us to record the thing? He wanted us to record it separately. We had this conversation uh, before we started. Okay, that's fine. Thunder Talk is a production of the Weirdos Workshop with special guest star Mark McCrae. Starring Kavika Allo, Adam Wedston, Beth Allo, and Dan Klink. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod. Our email address is ThunderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Drink. 
fight and make your ancestors proud. Party people in the place to be! This is what you've all been waiting to see! Electric Boogaloo, the ultimate show! With Kelly, Ozone, and Turbo! Electric Boogaloo is breakdance too! Yes, ooh! Hi! Electric Boogaloo's action stands the best you'll get! If you like breakdance when you ain't seen nothing yet! I'll finish you! friends, and your whole damn neighborhood. This time there is an enemy, so they must unite, because to say what you believe in, sometimes you must fight. You lost your edge. Fine. Electric Boogaloo's the greatest, nothing can compete, and once you've seen this movie, you'll believe in the beat. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>